As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join care in supporting maternal health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. You've probably heard about the pregnancy glow, but maybe your skin hasn't gotten the message. Whether it's pregnancy pimples, full-on acne, or bacne, rashes, sensitivity, an itchy belly, or a blotchy face— or the stretch marks you're finding a stretch to embrace. Most moms can expect their skin to change when they're expecting, and often not for the better. We're here to help you and your pregnant skin out. Joining me today to break down the most common pregnancy skin problems, why they happen, and how to treat them safely so you can love the pregnancy skin you're in, or at least like it a little more, is dermatologist, author of Feed Your Face, and a friend of the What to Expect community, Dr. Jessica Wu. Thanks so much for being here. We have so many moms with so many questions. First of all, let's face facts. Many moms find that they're more pimply than an eighth grader when they're pregnant. And just like back in middle school, I think we can blame the hormones, right? That's right. Anytime your hormones start to flare up, whether it's puberty or pregnancy, your skin shows the effect. And what's a mama to do? I mean, how do you treat pregnancy acne? Well, I think as as in other times of your life, the number one thing to do to help get clear skin is to start by taking good care of your skin. And the biggest myth about pregnancy acne that I hear from my patients is that you get acne because your skin's not clean. And that leads to scrubbing and over-scrubbing and irritation, which then makes you break out more. And in fact, 
your skin is more sensitive during pregnancy. So I would say number one is to be gentle on your skin and use a gentle cleanser rather than trying to scrub your skin. And it's the best to skip the acne washes that you can find over the counter because many of those are geared towards oily teenage acne skin. And, and some of them contain ingredients that should be avoided during pregnancy. Yeah, that's true. And, and even if you're feeling super oily, it's still not going to help. And it's probably going to overstrip your skin. That's right. And some oil is good for you. Helps to keep your skin plump and moist and youthful. I like the way that sounds. <laughs> so you talk a lot in Feed Your Face about, well, feeding your pregnant face. And, and what can you do just diet-wise to help clear up your skin? I mean, I think we all heard you know, growing up, that things like pizza and French fries actually caused acne. And then there was the change of position and and dermatologists were saying, no, foods don't cause acne. And now we're sort of back at the place where what you eat can affect what your skin looks like. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. And, And the reason for the pendulum swings is that years ago, it was a very simplistic understanding of how the skin worked. We thought, well, if we ate oily food, then it would show up as oil and clogging on our skin. And now we realize that, yes, in fact, some of those, quote unquote, bad yet delicious foods uh, can be harmful for your skin, but not in the way that we originally thought. It's not like you eat pizza and the oil goes directly to your face. But it turns out that pizza contains ingredients that can cause inflammation and can increase oil production in your skin. For example, pizza dough tends to be white flour, or even if you get whole wheat, it's still a starch that gets broken down into sugar that increases levels of insulin and insulin-like hormone in your skin, which we know stimulates your skin to pump out more oil. So if you are going to have pizza, I recommend uh, choosing whole wheat or whole grain varieties of dough. So go ahead and have that pizza if you're having a craving. And heck, some broccoli too while you're at it or red peppers. Yes, yes. Red pepper foods that are high in zinc are also good for acne because zinc is a natural anti-inflammatory. So add some protein onto your pizza, some chicken, um, also, uh, different types of legumes are good for acne as well because they, they're high in zinc. So have a salad with some garbanzo beans or lentils on the side if you're going to have pizza. And then for those of you who like anchovies on their pizza, anchovies are wonderful for acne because there are several studies showing that certain oily fish that are high in omega-3 fatty acids can help to calm the inflammation of acne. But of course, make sure you choose your fish carefully because you you want to avoid mercury. Yeah, and small fish like anchovies are a good bet. Uh, salmon yeah. as well, but I don't know that many people who put salmon on their pizza. Moderate the French fries. Moderate the French fries because French fries are starchy and starches break down into sugar that can aggravate your skin. And also, unless you're making them yourself in your air fryer, which would be the best thing, um, you're not quite sure what they're coating the French fries with and frying the fries in. It could be high in saturated fat, which is not good for your heart health or your skin health. 
Let's bake or air fry some delicious sweet potato fries because those we know are good for you yeah, and good for baby. So what about back knee and chest acne? That's a tough one because skin is thicker on your chest and your back. And so uh, the oil glands and the pores tend to get more clogged on your chest and your back. So you can actually go ahead and scrub your chest and back. But I would look for physical scrubs like your um, sugar scrub, for example, or a washcloth, which would be too harsh on your face. One of my favorite ways to exfoliate for facial acne is a muslin cloth, or you can use a burp cloth, a baby burp cloth. Oh, because you're buying a head anyway. Exactly, because they're made from muslin, and they're very, very fine, and yet they give you a little bit of a scrubby texture. Good for baby, good for you. That's right. What about topicals, those zit zappers like benzoyl peroxide, you know, clearasil or salicylic acid? Are those safe for pregnancy? Definitely stay away from salicylic acid during pregnancy. That's, that's a definite no-no. And also stay away from retinoids. So retinoids include over-the-counter retinol. If your doctor has prescribed prescription retin-A or tretinoin or different or Tazrac, you should stay away from those uh, during pregnancy as well as after you finish breastfeeding. There's some difference of opinion among dermatologists and OBs as to whether topical antibiotics and topical benzoyl peroxide are safe. Many doctors feel that, that both of them are in limited quantities and limited areas if you're using them just to spot treat, for example. And if you do choose to use benzoyl peroxide, uh, stick to less than 2.5%. Now, in terms of ingredients that I like for acne, I'm a big fan of azelaic acid. Azelaic acid is a type of a, an ingredient that's naturally found in wheat, so wheat and barley and rye, and, and our skin produces it naturally. We all have yeast living on our skin, and our skin yeast organisms naturally produce azelaic acid. So um, for most derms and OBs, are okay with azelaic acid, either prescription strength, which is 20% prescribed by your doctor, or now, more recently, there are over-the-counter versions of 10% azelaic acid um, in a variety of different formulas. So, uh, as always, check with your doctor first, but again, most doctors are fine with using azelaic acid, which has an added benefit because if you have breakouts and you tend to have more richly pigmented skin, sometimes the breakouts may not fade or sometimes the breakouts themselves smooth out, but it leaves a dark stain on your skin. So azelaic acid has a natural brightening and gentle exfoliation effect. So it helps to minimize those leftover blemishes and marks if you tend to have a deeper skin tone. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> Ooh. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Lots of moms want to know about stretch marks. So, first of all, why do stretch marks affect some women more than others? Although most do get some degree of stretch marks. Well, there are several different factors. We think that one main factor contributing to your risk of getting stretch marks is your genetics. So, if your mother, your sister, other women in your family had stretch marks, it seems to be that uh, you would be at greater risk. And another factor is how quickly your belly grows, because if we do a skin biopsy, take a little sample of the stretch mark, and we look under the microscope, we can actually see the little elastic band fibers that are in your skin stretch. They, they stretch, and then at a certain point, they break and fray. You can see like the ends of uh, a rubber band. You pull, you pull, you pull. At a certain point, it stretches and the ends rip and snap. So that is what actually underlies a stretch mark. Which naturally brings me to my own story of stretch mark. We are counting contractions during my labor with Wyatt, and all of a sudden, before our very eyes appeared across my belly, zigzagging across. It was amazing to see. It was like my skin said, I am stretched as far as I can stretch, and I am not stretching one more centimeter. So are there actually foods that can prevent stretch marks? 
We do know that if your elastic tissue is weaker, then it's going to stretch and snap more quickly. So my recommendation is to choose foods that help to strengthen the elastic tissue in your skin and the collagen as well. So the firmer your skin is, the more flexible, the less likely it will be to snap and instead will bounce back. So um, we know that elastic tissue is made up of protein and therefore it's really important to have plenty of protein in your diet. If you are not a big meat eater, make sure you're getting your protein elsewhere through your legumes, your beans, um, because uh, elastic fibers are almost 80% protein. So the better you are incorporating protein in your diet, the stronger your skin will be in general. The other compound that's essential for making elastic and collagen tissue in your skin is vitamin C. So make sure you're getting plenty of vitamin C in your diet as well. Of course, citrus, but if you're not a big citrus fan, um, other common foods, surprisingly high in vitamin C, are uh, strawberries, red peppers, kiwi. So you can find vitamin C in a wide variety of foods. So every meal should have some food with vitamin C and some food with protein. Because you can't store the vitamin C. Your body can't store it, so it needs a daily supply. Yeah, you pee it out. And pregnant women pee a lot, so we know that's going to happen. There's so many creams on the market specifically geared to preventing stretch marks. What is your point of view on that? What about the shea butter and the cocoa butter and all that? Scientists actually have done studies on large numbers of women looking at whether a specific oil, butter, or cream can can prevent or reduce stretch marks. And there hasn't been any benefit to cocoa butter, olive oil, or vitamin E. Those have been studied the most. But some studies have shown that daily massage with almond oil can help prevent and reduce stretch marks. But we're not sure whether it's something in the almond oil or whether it's the daily massage that helps to strengthen the elastic band or uh, elastic tissue or whether it's, it's some ingredient or some compound that's in the almond oil. Uh, other ingredients that have been shown in studies to help prevent or reduce stretch marks are hyaluronic acid and an ingredient called centella, centella asiatica, the plant. We think it's safe to use during pregnancy. It has been used for years as a, a moisturizing ingredient. Um, comes from the go-to cola plant in Asia, but recent studies have shown that it may also help to prevent and, uh, and reduce stretch marks. So look for centella. Well, that's progress. Speaking of bellies, the itching is real. So many women complain about itchy bellies. Why does this happen? Is it just the skin stretching and the dryness that results from that? All of the above. When you look at your skin, you think about what happens when your belly expands, the surface area of the skin enlarges, and you only have a fixed number of oil glands producing skin oils. And all of a sudden, your belly is two, three, five times its normal size, so there's not enough oil to go around. And that's why your skin loses moisture more quickly, and there's a condition called asteatosis which means that your skin doesn't have enough of its natural oils. So, so yes, dryness is a big part of it, and especially in drier climates. So that's where body oils, body balms, body butters come in. 
The other thing that happens is that as the belly skin stretches, you can imagine the little nerve endings in the skin are being irritated. They're saying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're used to being in this position, all of a sudden we're being stretched. And so as the nerve endings get pulled and pushed into their new position, the nerve endings get tickled and stimulated and that can cause itching as well. And then the last thing is that either if you already have a history of eczema or not, you can have eczema flare-ups during pregnancy that can happen on your belly. And also sensitivities to products that you were never sensitive to in the past. Yes, definitely. A fairly common skin condition that many women have heard about, PUP. It sounds so cute. I know, right? (laughs) What is PUP? And how does it present? So a PUP is an acronym. Basically, it's an itchy, bumpy skin rash that happens during pregnancy, um, often later in pregnancy, and most commonly in first-time moms where it appears on the belly, um, often right in those stretch marks. So it can look like little hives, and it can be very itchy, and it can sometimes spread elsewhere as well. The good news is that it's nothing dangerous, but it can be very uncomfortable and unsightly as well. On those with fair skin, it can look pink, or if you have a deeper skin tone, it can it can be skin colored or even uh, look darker. And regardless of where they are, um, I find that cold helps to fight itch. It's almost like applying cold compresses or cold temperature to the skin tricks your skin into feeling the cold rather than the itch. So it's like it distracts the skin from the itch. What works better and is less messy than a thick washcloth is take an old thin t-shirt or a thin dishcloth, wring it out in a um, bucket of ice water and put that on your skin. Leave it for a few minutes and change it a few times. Do not use ice though, because every year I have a couple of people who come to see me with frostbite because they use ice on their skin for various reasons. So do not put ice directly on your skin. Cold is good, ice not so good. What other kinds of rashes and skin sensitivities are common during pregnancy? So heat rash is more common? Heat rashes, um, one condition that infants and moms can get is miliaria. Miliaria is the medical term for prickly heat. It can look like tiny little pimples that can happen on areas that tend to sweat a lot. So chest and back, stomach, um, it can look like acne. And if you have these rashes, don't just think, oh, it's just pregnancy acne. If it's spreading, getting worse, or making you so uncomfortable, it's keeping you up at night and uh, preventing you from going about your, your daily activities call your doctor because um, sometimes people can get staph infections, people can get fungus infections that can look like acne, it can look like heat rash, but just doesn't go away. And you're more susceptible to infections when you're pregnant anyway, so always check with your doctor. And check with your doctor if you have any kind of unexplained rash, because it could be sign of a pregnancy complication. Now, the forecast for pregnancy is patchy blotches, right? (laughs) Especially after spending time in the sun. So let's talk about melasma, which affects, what do you say, about 50% of pregnant women? What is melasma and why is it so much more common during pregnancy? 
Yeah, some studies say 70 to 90% of, of pregnant women have discoloration. Melasma is a condition that produces dark, discolored patches of skin, most commonly on your forehead, your cheeks, your nose, and above your upper lip. Some people call it the mask of pregnancy because it affects an area that kind of looks like a mask. Oh, so you wouldn't see it right now during the pandemic. And wearing a mask, I I think, is helping to prevent some cases of melasma because there are different uh, components. There seems to be a genetic components. So oftentimes women in the same family all have melasma all in the same pattern. The reason that it's much more common during pregnancy is that hormones play a big role. It turns out that there are receptors in your skin, specifically in the patches of melasma, that respond to estrogen. And the estrogen tells those skin cells to pump out more pigment. As the estrogen level rises, the the uh, melasma patches tend to get darker throughout the course of your pregnancy. And those are factors that we can't control. We can't control our genetics. We can't control our hormones. I mean, the estrogen is doing a lot of good things, so we don't want to affect that. But two things, actually, that we can control that, that can help to minimize the melasma are UV rays. So really important to wear sunscreen especially if you live in a part of the country that has sun year-round, even in the winter. And then the second thing is that heat can also aggravate melasma. So, so I often tell my patients, don't just put on sunscreen, but also try to avoid heat, meaning if you are going to go for a walk outside and it's warm, carry a spray bottle. Or if you're going to exercise indoors and you know that you're someone that heats up, use a cold washcloth or splash your face with cold water. So you're getting hyperpigmentation in other parts of your body too. The standard, the dark line that that appears from your navel down, and it gets darker as your pregnancy progresses and eventually fades, although some of this hyperpigmentation, it's a keeper. You will have the, the slightly darker areolas and the slightly darker labia because that's just part of pregnancy changes. Can you explain that too? Is that the estrogen talking? Yes, we we think that it's due to those tissues having estrogen receptors as well. In fact, not only does an abundance of estrogen stimulate the skin pigment cells to produce more pigment, but when you lose estrogen or in women who've had their ovaries removed and have no estrogen, the skin tissues thin out. So we know that those areas are particularly sensitive to estrogen. So there's a lot of estrogen during your pregnancy, it produces a lot of pigment, estrogen levels fall shortly after you deliver, and then the, uh, the pigment fades. But as you said, many times your skin has memory. And the same goes for melasma. Sometimes patients tell me, well, I delivered six months ago. Why do I still have these patches? They faded, but why are they still there? Your skin has memory, just like your skin has memory of lots of summers at the beach or the pool coming out as freckles and sun damage on your face. Your skin also has memory of the estrogen it was exposed to. It's nothing bad, nothing to be alarmed by. And there are safe ways to try to brighten up the pigmentation, whether it's 
uh, on your body or whether it's on your face. Uh, I'm a big fan of topical vitamin C as a skin brightener. I feel that that's safe. Um, niacinamide also is another good ingredient that I like for uh, its anti-inflammatory and skin brightening effects. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you, here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, so one of the most commonly asked questions in pregnancy, no matter what the topic, skin products, is it safe? So let's do an ingredient lightning round. I'm going to give a common skincare ingredient and you say yay or nay and explain why. Okay. Anti-aging creams and retinoids. Definitely nay on the retinoids, including over-the-counter retinol, retinyl palmitate, uh, over-the-counter different, and prescription Retin-A, Tazerac, Tretinoin. These are no-no during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, there is potential risk for systemic absorption and risk of birth defects. So definitely stay away from them. That's the vitamin A? They are all vitamin A derivatives, yes. 
But a lot of my patients ask me, okay, well, I stopped all of my anti-aging creams. What can I use? And I, I go back to vitamin C because not only is vitamin C a natural skin brightener, but we talked about how vitamin C is essential for building strong collagen. So vitamin C applied on your skin topically helps to strengthen your skin's collagen. Um, the other ingredient that I like for anti-aging, especially if your skin starts to look dull or you have those discolored melasma patches, fruit acids, fruit acids, lactic acid, uh, glycolic acid. Your skin is more sensitive, so don't go overboard, but using those a few times a week would be safe. Essential oils and aromatherapy. So for instance, rose oil. Yay and nay, because uh, you you may be more sensitive to odors and scents during pregnancy. So it's best to go easy if you are going to use an essential oil. Uh, you mentioned rose oil. There are some essential oils that have been shown to be safe um, during pregnancy, and those that are considered safe are rose oil, uh, lavender, and lemon oil. But if you are going to use them, try to dilute them and maybe use them in a diffuser rather than putting them directly on your skin. That way you get the aromatherapy benefit without absorbing into your skin and without making you nauseous from the scent. Exactly. And that's the estrogen talking too, by the way, the sensitivity to smells. That's those pregnancy hormones. Speaking of estrogen hormones, um, there are a couple of oils that I would recommend staying away from. And those are basil and fennel seed oil, because those have some evidence suggesting that they could be endocrine disruptors to your baby. But it's fine to eat basil as an herb or fennel seed as an yes. herb. The concentrated oils are no, no. Right. How about peppermint oil? A lot of women suffer from flaky scalps during pregnancy, and that's something that people say to try. What are your thoughts on that? Peppermint oil is generally considered safe. So that's a yay. And are there other things you can use for a flaky scalp? You can use a topical zinc shampoo. Uh, zinc is a natural anti-inflammatory. Um, and I think it's important to ask your doctor whether it's dryness or whether it's itching and flaking because you can have dry scalp which will respond to a serum or maybe a scalp scrub or or um, a scalp oil but if there's itching or red patches then that could signify an overgrowth of yeast which could be made worse by oil and that usually is treated with anti-yeast Okay, what about treatments in a dermatologist's office once we're able to visit the dermatologist on a regular basis? Microdermabrasion, facials, dermaplaning, where they scrape your skin. What say you if you're pregnant? As long as these treatments don't make you feel faint. So microdermabrasion typically involves using crystals to buff the dead skin off of your face. So that would be safe dermaplaning, which it's almost like getting uh, a straight razor shave. They, they use this scalpel to remove dead skin and also peach fuzz off of your face. That doesn't involve anything entering your, your bloodstream. So that would be safe as long as you go to a, an experienced esthetician doing that. Um, and there are other in-office treatments that would be safe to do as well, such as a gentle lactic acid peel, uh, a gentle glycolic acid peel, because these are left on your skin 
for uh, just minutes at a time and then rinsed off. And, and of course, extractions are safe. Extractions help to unclog your pores manually, and, and it's safer to let the professional do it. There's a caveat on when you're having a procedure, whether it's a facial or something else where you could be lying on your back for an extended period of time, you should avoid that after the fourth month. So make sure you're semi-sitting at least. And if you do go in to see your esthetician or your dermatologist once it's safe to do so, uh, just make sure you tell everyone that you're expecting. What about fillers? So pregnancy, I would say, makes your face plentiful. But say the pandemic was over, you're able to make an appointment for fillers or for Botox, yay or nay on those when you're pregnant or breastfeeding? Nay. I always uh, advise my patients to postpone any elective procedures, especially anything involving products being injected into your skin uh, until after pregnancy and after breastfeeding. Um, Not so much that we're worried about filler getting into the bloodstream because it won't, but number one, a lot of fillers contain lidocaine anesthetic. So depending on how much you're getting, we don't want that spilling into the bloodstream and affecting baby. And secondly, women tend to be more sensitive during pregnancy and we don't want anyone fainting or dropping their blood pressure. That makes sense. What about deodorant? So you do sweat less under your armpits when you're pregnant, but do you recommend the patient switch to an aluminum-free or natural deodorant? Well, many of my patients are looking for products that are more natural or organic and aluminum-free. I think that's a personal decision. Uh, Medically, most of us as dermatologists do not believe that aluminum is dangerous for mom or baby. Uh, And certainly aluminum is more effective than the natural deodorant. There's a difference between antiperspirant and deodorant. Aluminum is used for moisture control. And if you find that you're not sweating as much and the moisture problem is less, but you still have odor, then I think that would be a great opportunity to look for a natural deodorant So just in general about natural and organic products, they get so much buzz, but are they worth it? Are they, quote unquote, naturally better for pregnancy? In general, I tell my patients that because a product is natural doesn't mean that it's harmless. And likewise, because a product contains preservative or a pharmaceutical doesn't mean it's toxic and dangerous. I think it's important to address the the concern. If you have a severe rash and it's keeping you up at night and you can't work, you can't take care of your other little ones, you're miserable, then maybe it's time for something prescription strength for a short period of time. But if it's something that can be addressed naturally and you choose to, and you can afford that, it's in your budget, then by all means, Great. So I want to end on a high note. Let's hear it for the good that pregnancy hormones do. And that would be to your hair and to your nails. Yes. So your body is, in addition to growing another human inside you, its metabolism is revved up. So often hair gets thicker, nails can grow faster. And not only that, you mentioned that your face can get fuller. And so people often will look younger and more glowy. There's that increased circulation to the skin because your blood flow increases. So all of these things give you the glow of pregnancy. And I think it's it's a time to embrace these changes. Uh, we, we spent 
a lot of today talking about unwanted things that happen. But yes, there's so much good. There's so much to celebrate. And those those pregnancy hormones do a lot of good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and answering all our questions. I'm glad we finally found that glow. Yay, I am too. It was there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, thanks a lot. You're welcome. For listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't you stay, need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join CARE in supporting maternal health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.